I'm Sylvia Burgos Tofnes, and this is Deep Roots Radio. Every week, my guests help us connect the dots between what we eat and how it's grown because every single food dollar we spend either protects or degrades the environment, produces foods with high nutrition or empty calories, and either helps pay a fair wage or keeps farm workers among the working poor. We get to make that choice every time we push a cart through the grocery store, visit the farmer's market, and eat at a restaurant. I hope you enjoy this interview. Behind the scenes, the things that most of us don't get to see. Um, We have with us this morning Inga Witcher, who is the co-creator and host of a television show that's based on small Wisconsin farms. Wow. It's called Around the Farm Table. And I thought it would just be fun to have her on the show again to help us understand what it takes to create farm TV. You know, there isn't a one-to-one ratio. You don't go out there and and shoot for 10 minutes and then put 10 minutes on the air. But lots of us don't know kind of what it takes to get from raw thought or idea to something that is a a finished nine-minute piece or 15-minute piece or half-hour piece because she's done half-hour segments on Wisconsin public television. Oh, my. Wow. And so, Inga, thank you for being with us again. Well, thank you for having me. This is wonderful. Oh, terrific, terrific. I thought this might be kind of a fun thing to do. Lots of people don't uh, have a a real understanding, and why should they, of what it takes to create a a radio show, and a whole lot less about what goes behind the scenes, what it takes to create those wonderful shows that you've put on. So, again, could you tell us a little bit about Around the Farm Table and how it came to pass? Well, Around the Farm Table is, we call it a food and farming adventure. Now, the production team is my husband, Joe, my father, Rick, and myself, and we're all farmers. So we set out to tell the story of farmers throughout the Midwest, uh, mostly Wisconsin, um, through education and entertainment and food. Uh, we, We think that food is the connecting factor with the community of folks and the community of farmers. So it's just a fun little 30-minute show. You know, on my website right now, bronxtobarn.com, I do have links to your show and to the episodes that are also on the Wisconsin uh, Public Television channel because they are so much fun. As you said, they're entertaining. You've got recipes and cooking on there. You talk directly to the farmers. You travel all over the place. There's a lot of education. Um, it, it is really a, a neat adventure, and your and your videos tend to be um, varying in length. Some are, are shorter, five minutes and nine minutes and 17 minutes, and then you have the half hour ones. So let me ask you, Inga, how do you get, how do you develop your ideas? What what kind of goes into it? How do you get from A to, to Z on this? Okay, well, that's good. The phase one is kind of the development of ideas. And actually, right now, we're getting ready to start shooting for our next season that will air next fall. And so we've been sitting down together around the, or around the farm table, actually, and discussing what are some farms that we've seen that are inspirations to us, uh, what are some recipes that we've been cooking that we want to incorporate into a show, uh, what's happening in Wisconsin that we really want to highlight that people are not sure of. So, so we sit down with our ideas. Um, so, for example, one of uh, an idea that I, that I was thinking of is to uh, do a Boxing Day episode. And mm. Boxing Day is traditionally the day after Christmas, and it's the day when the quote-unquote servants would get to celebrate their holiday. 
so we wanted to kind of put our own farm table spin on it because a lot of times when you're milking cows or doing any kind of farm, you know, when you have a farm, it's you can't really get away on Christmas Day because who's going to take care of everything? So for this episode, we're going to invite uh, all the dairy farmers in our community who couldn't get their milker on Christmas to celebrate Christmas with us the day after. So that's so we kind of come up with that kind of a concept of how we want to do that. And now we need to find a recipe to fill in. So we said, well, you know, what's, what's Christmassy? So uh, one of the producers said, well, what if we incorporated a goose? So now we're going out to find uh, someone who's raising geese um, and, and find out what, what is unique about their, their, uh, their farm and... Um, kind of find out a way to bring them into our episode. Mm. And then and we want to feature two farms on every episode. So then now we're saying, well, uh, what if we had this amazing apple brandy that's made in Wisconsin? Mm. So now we're we're contacting those people and saying, hey, do you want to, would you like to be featured on our show? Uh, so it's a lot of kind of like trying to put all these different elements together and, and find something that's, that's uh, uh, that we think is fun, that we think is interesting. Um, and unusual. So that's kind of phase one. So that's where we're at right now. And then the next phase is actually visiting the farmers. So we call this pre-production. Um, and the whole team goes out. We have our, our sound person with us. Um, my husband runs camera as well, so he brings his camera with us. We sit, we take a tour of the farms, sit down with those farmers, and find out what story we they're wanting to tell. So every farmer really has something that's, that's passionate to them about what they're doing on the farm whether it's restoring the, the soil health of their farm or breeding heritage breeds. Um, there's, there's something very unique about each and every farmer. So we want to bring that story out uh, to be able to tell to the audience. Um, and so that's kind of the, the pre-production stage, and, and we capture some images. We find out where we want to shoot that person's uh, interview, whether it's in front of this beautiful barn that they have or outstanding their pastures or uh, so a lot of it, it takes it's a full two or two days that we, we spend on these farms really figuring out what the story is to tell um, and then we, we come up with a recipe now sometimes we come up with the recipe first but uh, for me one of my main parts is practicing the recipe mm. um, <laughs> which is it's, it's difficult because when you're just cooking in your kitchen for uh, your family or for a dinner party you're cooking you're not really thinking about it but when you have to cook and kind of make that uh, a five minute segment you're thinking okay well I can't forget to add something or I have to make sure should I have my onions chopped beforehand or, or what makes sense um, so it's kind of a it's, wow. a it's a unique experience for me to do that um, there's a lot finally, of there's a lot yeah, of planning yeah. to all of this my there's gosh there's a lot yeah because you're I know it's, it's I had no idea when I got into this, <laughs> how much was involved. Cause, it, cause, it makes watching television or, or a, a movie or anything like this seem like, wow. I, you know, knowing just what it takes, it's like, geez, this is a lot of work. Um, wow, because you're, talk, you're, talk, yeah, you're talking about um, activities that, that are going to be happening over the course of the year. I mean, you're planning like 9 to 12 months in advance. Yeah, mm-hmm. So and it's and 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 then we have to. What's I think unique about the show is that we now we have to plan around that farmer schedule. Uh, so in one episode we what we needed to do uh, we needed to milk sheep with this woman. So we had to kind of plan that around milking time, um, and we also have to plan it around our milking time because we're also uh, dairy farmers here. So it's kind of ah. there's a lot of like down to the minute sort of planning we need to do uh, with some of these episodes. Wow, you know, how, let me ask you, Inga. Now, you you uh, you come from a farming background on the West Coast. 
You learned mm-hmm. cheese making on the East Coast. Then you, you landed here in Wisconsin in Osseo on your own organic dairy farm. How did you come up with the idea of doing television anyway? Well, I we we knew we wanted to tell a story of the we we wanted to be able to get the people who are doing value added products. We wanted to recognize those folks and, and and see if we could find a way to bring their stories to the public. Uh, my father was in television when he was eighteen or nineteen. He was a, um, a musician and a comedian, so he had that sort of background. Um, and then my husband came from a background where he's an entertainer. He writes most of the music for the shows. Um, and, and so we, we all love to entertain, and we just felt like a television show would be a great venue to be able to entertain people and educate people about what we're passionate about, and that's farmers and farming. You know, I, I really enjoy your singing on the show. It's fun. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. But, you know, you were, you were actually talking a little bit, um, and I interrupted you, about the recipes and developing that. Boy, how how is it that you you mentioned that you have to sort of plan everything out? It's not like being in your own kitchen, but you do it really well. So do you have to practice very much? Yes. So for one episode, we this this last season we did a rhubarb and jam pie, and I so I, I kind of like you know boy making a pie is making a pie, but I had to uh, make it several times just to be able to get a pie that looked nice mm. that we could photograph, which. You know, I, I mean, I put a pie in the oven, and then I walk away doing something else, and then I come back, and I say, oh, I should have drank that 10 minutes ago. So I had to, I literally made, like, I think 10 rhubarb pies, like, in a day. Oh. And um, it was, rhubarb pie used to be my husband's favorite pie, and I think now he's probably, if you see another one, he's probably going to run out the door because we have to eat so much <laughs> rhubarb pie. Uh, but it's, it's it, you have to kind of get that rhythm down of, of uh, and make it seem like you've been making this your entire life, um, so it seems flawless, and it's... Um, it's 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 an experience, um, and uh, and then what I also do is I try to research something about that food or some little f- fun tale to be able to share with the audience too. So that's not just like me standing in the kitchen cooking. It's really it's like what are those uh, one episode we cooked with lard and talking about using lard mm-hmm. and uh, right the lard down because it's a it's an amazing ingredient. So we try to like you know salt and pepper our cooking segments with with fun little tidbits as well. So. And the other thing is we have to, we film everything in our farmhouse. So we have to move all of the, uh, we have to rearrange everything in the kitchen, uh, rearrange photographs, uh, you know, move um, coffee machines or, you know, all the stuff and put it all in the living room. And then we uh, practice on this little table that we have and, and film on this little table that we have. And then everybody leaves, and we have stacks and stacks of dishes and pots and pans that are dirty. And it's like it's like having Christmas at your house every day when we're shooting, and then oh you have to have gosh. all the mess when everyone leaves. So oh. it's, it's, it's fine. You know, that's that's interesting that you say that because I was just looking at one of your segments, I think, the day before yesterday or yesterday, and I was thinking to myself, Wow, what a great kitchen. It's just so clean and everything is right there. It's, I, just a, just a, our secret, it's not always like that. <laughs> it's, a, it's theater. You're, you're dealing with theater on, on a video. Uh-huh. Wow. Wow. Now, yeah, yes, go right ahead. 
Oh, and sometimes we, we, uh, we're, our sound equipment picks up a lot of sound. So sometimes in the middle of filming a kitchen segment, the milk truck will back into the driveway to pick up milk, and then we'll have to stop, wait for the milk truck, uh, you know, then start taking again when the milk truck leaves so we don't pick up that sound. And, and so it's, it, it's really fun. It's very uh, you, organic feeling. So have you ever pulled together a blooper tape? Oh, no, no. I think... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I would think I'd be too embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a, I, I was a, uh, I started out in in um, news on TV years and years ago, and every year the the TV station would put together a set of blooper tapes from the news crew. And you're right; those are very embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> but I fun. think that most of the the kitchen saves that we've been doing too, I always forget to put in an, an ingredient and oh. until the very end, and then I'm looking and I'm saying, "Oh, I still have a cup of sugar left over. <laughs> Hold on, <laughs> okay, how are you going to patch this in?" They say, "We we can do it in the editing. <laughs> Add it now." <laughs> oh, okay. So you just mentioned something: the editing. So you've done all of this filming, and I would guess that it must be hours of video that you take is that is that true yeah it's it's uh i think that i was talking to my husband and he said from start to finish it's about 110 hours um per episode that <gasps> we put in um and wow. he puts in about 60 hours just in the post-production so that's syncing up the sound uh going through every clip uh going through every sound clip and then putting it together into the story form oh um, brightening the colors it's just it's it's beyond anything I can even comprehend because there's so much work involved and and he sits there diligently and, and gets it all cleaned up and uh, makes it look beautiful so I'm, I'm thankful that uh, he takes on that role well it certainly puts things in perspective for me because usually I have on a podcast I have about three hours of post-production and so wow. I should be grateful. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. Uh, mm -hmm. I would like to know, since uh, is it Joe that does the editing and spends all that time doing that? Yes. Does he also have to milk the cows? Absolutely. <laughs> That's what happens when, when you marry the dairy farmer. Exactly. <laughs> no, so he, he does. He's great. You know, and he's a, uh, he had just moved back here from New York City after living there for 10 years when I met him. And he's... He never milked a cow a day in his life, and now he's uh, out there milking cows, feeding calves, uh, driving the skids here, coming in, getting cleaned up, sitting on the computer, and going through the episodes. So it's it's uh, he's I really lucked out. He's an amazing guy. <laughs> he's probably <laughs> loving every minute of it. I hope so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> well, how far afield have you gone for some of your episodes? Well, the farthest we've gone is, boy, I think Viroqua. Um and that's you know it's we we really can't go that far yet because we're um, we're milking cows and, and mm. so we really have to be able to say unless we have somebody to milk, uh, we have to get back in time and and be able to leave in time. So sometimes we've gotten up and milked at three, so we can leave at four, so we can get somewhere for the morning shoot, mm. wrap up and come back and milk again at four in the afternoon. Um, so, but we were able to go to Viroqua because we had somebody milking overnight here, so we got to stay the night. So it was great. It was like a vacation, but we're still working vacation, but it still feels like a vacation. Oh, my gosh. So, <clears throat> yeah. So let's say, you know, pretty much you're, because of what you do as well as video, which is, of course, your dairy farm, and you've got a radius in which you work, do you do you think that you'll have an, enough different kinds of farms to visit in that that radius of, of uh, space? 
Well, I think so. I think we have, uh, we're jotting down our farms that we want to visit this next season. And, you know, there's so many wonderful farmers in the state of Wisconsin. And uh, so it's a, we're, we really lucked out that we're living in such a great community of wonderful farmers and interesting farmers. So I think for the next year at least, I know we're going to have enough, enough folks close enough to us. Now, there are some farms in Minnesota that we'd like to visit and Iowa that we'd like to visit and even Michigan. Uh, but I think now we're just going to really kind of concentrate on um, on getting the Wisconsin farm. But now we're we're also we just transitioned into a seasonal dairy. So our last milking will be on New Year's Eve this year. Uh. We'll start milking again when the cows freshen in March. So now we we have the ability uh, to say, well, maybe we should go to those other states during the, those uh, months of dry cow time, so we don't have to get back and milk the cows. So we can incorporate something like that. Well, you know that's that's interesting that you that you say that because your focus has been on the smaller operation. I think the farm operation and mm-hmm. on sustainable practice. So that, in fact, is one of the things that some sustainable dairies choose to do, which is to go uh, and do it on a seasonal basis. Can you describe a little bit of what that means? Yeah, so what we do is we try to have all of our cows calves in the spring. And that means that they're going to get that beautiful spring grass. They're going to get that high-protein grass uh, when they're in their first 90 days of being fresh. Uh, because the first 90 days that a cow's fresh is when she's going to be giving more milk in her lactation. And then at 90 days, she usually kind of evens off, and she'll she'll hit that 60-pound marker or whatever she's going to give per day uh, for the rest of her lactation. Um, And then we we want them to be dry for two to three months, so they have a rest. They Mm -hmm. can grow that calf. So then we want to dry them up in the wintertime because it's a, a great time of year to be able to have dry cows uh, because you're not missing any of that wonderful grass. And we don't have to bring in expensive hay. We can bring in a mm-hmm. lesser quality hay, which is lighter on our pockets, than <laughs> if we had cows freshening in the fall, we'd really have to bring in that high-quality alfalfa to continue to have those cows milk. So we're, we, we want them to go seasonal so we can take advantage of the, the grass in the grazing season. That's, that's where we can kind of make our money. If we had to feed... Uh, silage or or really nice hay or, or anything like that, we we'd go broke. Um, you so. know, and and the and a, and a major uh, you know fundamental notion about sustainable and sustainable farming is that you have to be financially sustainable. I mean, because if you uh-huh. don't get to do that, you don't get to do the rest either. Mm-hmm. So it's and a, it's funny. It's like it's you know what it, what makes your farm profitable. I mean, every farm is different. So like with us, I know that it costs us. I think. 60 cents a day to, to feed a cow during the, the, the grazing season. And in the wintertime, it would cost us $5.50 to feed a cow mm-hmm. every day. So it's just like, it's like if you, no matter what your size of farm is, but especially for the small farmers, if you can kind of figure out what it is that's going to make you profitable. And for me, it was really difficult to go seasonal. Uh, and right now we're going down to a once a day milking before we dry off. And this is a completely different thing that I've ever done because I grew mm-hmm. up dairy farming. And I, I almost have to like keep it a secret from my father and my brother because I didn't want them to say, "What you're milking once a day? Like we don't do that in our family, <laughs> and you're gonna go see you're drying cows up, or you know, all at the same time. It's it's like a it, for me, uh, just growing up on dairy farms, it was like a different mindset that I had to reach. But I I said, well, geez, I'm, I'm making more money with my 15 cow dairy on my 30 acres than I would if I had 60 cows milking all year round. Wow. So, 
That's a that's a very impressive statement to be able to make. I mean, that's that's what you said. You know, every every farm is different, but you've got to figure out how do you get to a good bottom line on mm-hmm. things. You know, and that's that's part of the fun I think in watching your uh, TV show around the farm table. It's because you come to it with the experience and perspective of a real farmer. Mm-hmm. You you bring that to the show. Yeah, and you know, I really love doing the show because. Being a farmer and being able to talk to these other farmers, it's, you know, they're my people. We're, they're my peers, and I learned so much from them. And we've gotten so many ideas about what now we can implement on our farm. Uh, and I can also, I have this, you know, we meet these farmers and instantly become friends because we have so much in common. And now I can call on them and say, boy, Helen, I've got a problem with my soil. What do you think I should do here? Or can you come out and take a look at this? Or, mm-hmm. you know, boy, Aaron, I, I want to start putting in uh, some elderberry plants or and it, it's just it's, it's farmers are just amazing people and I feel so fortunate that I get to, to have a career that's farmer based well it's a, it's a wonderful combination I think it works really well and you know it, it really does <clears throat> excuse me it does um, contradict the notion the romantic notion that many people might have that farmers just do one thing <laughs> Mm-hmm. which is either put a plant in the ground or put some livestock out in the field. Um, farmers really have to wear so many hats and all through history have tended to combine different kinds of activities for a revenue stream. So so to yeah. me, what you're doing is, is kind of a modern expression of that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a nice way to put it. I like that. Well, you know, <laughs> when we when we take a look at the founding of the country, um, many of the people who were, in fact, signers of the Declaration of Independence were lawyers and farmers, diplomats and farmers. They were um, haulers and farmers. They were people who operated or whose families had operated um, wood planing operations, um, as well as being part of the the um, Congressional Congress. So, I don't know, to me, it's got, it's got to make sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the, that's the reason I give myself, you know, <laughs> <laughs> for doing these various things. So, all right, so you, you have all of this editing that happens. I mean, I cannot even believe that, 100, 110 hours of, of video that you've taken. And it is video. You're not doing film, right? No, we're doing video. Okay. And, and, and uh, Joe is doing that and getting it down. So how, how do you determine how long your final product is going to be? Is it going to be a five-minute or a nine-minute or a half-hour? Is that something that you determine before you start your shooting? Yes. So for, for Wisconsin Public Television, we have to have 26 minutes and 46 seconds per episode. So now we know that we're shooting for those 26 minutes. Um, and then it's, it's just kind of, uh, you know, how we get – to that 26 minutes um and 26 minutes is a lot to fill uh, and it's uh, it's a lot to fill too to to make it interesting and seem like you don't want to change the channel so we have to keep the episode moving enough to where it's uh you know it's it's not getting people like oh geez <laughs> this is going to be over um and it's and we have to make it look like it's all kind of in the course of that day so mm. one once you we went over to our uh, neighbors who raised pork and we were standing out in their beautiful field and filming, and this thunderstorm was coming in, and 
we were all there's lightning everywhere and so we said okay we got we got to stop we were like two minutes away from getting the whole oh. thing done and we had to stop because there was a lightning storm we had to go back the next day and make it look like okay now it's sunshiny <laughs> the wow. storm passed <laughs> and wait what were we all wearing and, uh, so oh that's right continuity that's yeah. where you yeah. try to figure out what everybody's wearing and where everybody was standing so that mm-hmm. things can resume and look like there was never any kind of space in, or time in between. Yeah. Wow. And wow. Speaking of how you look, one thing that I think people don't think about, my, my father is one of the producers and he directs and he's also the guy who figures out what I'm going to wear, what the, the scene's going to look like, what the what bowls we're going to use in the cooking episode, and that's probably 25 hours just collecting the napkins. Uh, sometimes we have to sew our own tablecloths to get it uh, the look that we want and putting everything together to get that around the farm table look. So it's, um, I think that it's not just like I don't wake up in the morning and throw on a pair of overalls and go out to film. It's like everything is like set out and really thought through so that the colors are all cohesive throughout the, the day or throughout that episode and kind of it's a, a subtlety that it's uh, kind of amazing. Wow, you know, I'm really glad I'm on radio. <laughs> because I don't worry about that kind of thing. That is a lot of work, my gosh. I hadn't even thought of of all the work that it takes to look like you're casual. I know. <laughs> oh, wow. Man, well, for those who may have just joined us, we're, we're having a wonderful chat with Inga Witcher, who is host and co-creator of Around the Farm Table, which is uh, a television show based on and focuses on small family farms, especially uh, in the upper Midwest and, and a lot of them in Wisconsin. And she's helping us to go behind the scenes to learn what it takes to actually create a show. Wow. So when you look ahead, Inga, are there some things that you've learned over the last, you know, two, three years that... Um, make things either more efficient or more fun as you kind of start your your shooting process? Absolutely. Yeah, we learn from every episode, and we want to get better and better as we go along. And so we really, uh, it's just like farming. I mean, it's just like dairy farming for me. It's every year we learn something new to make it more efficient or easier or more enjoyable. And it's the same thing with, with our show. It's, okay, well, uh, our scripts are more thought out or our time, we're giving ourselves more time to shoot. We used to try to, when we were shooting our shorter episodes, we used to try to fit everything in in a day, and it was just physically and emotionally just exhausting. So now we're trying to say, okay, we're going to shoot just for six or eight hours today, and then we're going to go back and shoot for four or six hours the next day. So we're not, uh, so we still are, are fresh, and we're not wanting to kill each other on the way home after we're all just exhausted. Um, and so... Uh, so things are a little bit they're working smoother we have our little uh, boxes of all of our equipment now that we have so we're not forgetting things or you know we could just like these little things that uh, we never thought of before that we're thinking about now and Joe's learning Joe's my husband he's learning the, the systems better on editing so that's going a little bit faster and mm-hmm. things getting a little easier as we go along Boy, I, I'm just I'm just uh, amazed when you at that whole editing process. Wow. I mean, that yeah. is such a huge element in making uh, something look polished, making it look mm-hmm. good um, for the viewer. And it and when you can do it so well that you don't even notice it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that's uh, hats off to to everyone in in the production of this show. It's really fun to watch, and I hope that 
um, you out there, whether you're a farmer or, or like the rest of us, food lovers, will take a look at that show. Inga, where would they be able to find your episodes so that they can check them out? Right now you can find our episodes at wisconsinpublictelevision.org. That's WPT.org. And if you go into the search uh, and search around the farm table, our episodes will come up. We are in the process of trying to get the episodes onto our website, which is aroundthefarmtable.com. Uh, so hopefully those will be up soon. And, yeah, they're, they're really enjoyable. And also, if folks have suggestions of some farms that are in their area that are uh, inspiring to them, we love always to hear those, those thoughts. And oh, good. So mm-hmm. can, they, can they reach you through your website, or do you have uh, anything on Facebook? We, we do have a page on Facebook that they can reach us, and that's Around the Farm Table on Facebook. And they can also just go to aroundthefarmtable.com and email us directly from there. Visit my website, bronxtobarn.com, to download this and past interviews, to learn about my farm, and to reserve 100% grass-fed beef. We deliver to Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minnesota. Thanks.